Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Daf HaShavua as we study Masechet Yavamot Daf Lamed Tes. A number you reminded me last week of my mistake. I always like to be humble that I said, Welcome to Boot Camp. Baruch Hashem, we're recording so many different shiurim. It's always good to know which shiur I'm recording. So here we are in Masechet Yavamot Daf Lamed Tes. I wanted to uh, start today's shiur. We're going to jump into something from the Parsha. You see, we're recording this before Mishpatim. We've been dealing with the relationship between a man and a woman, Yavam, Shomeris Yavam, how it parallels the relationship between a a man and a woman when they're married. And it's good to point out and remind ourselves of some of the basic obligations between a, a husband and a wife. We'll tie this in and back to the Yerusha piece. There's a Pasuk in Parshas Mishpatim, Parak Chaf Beis, Pasuk Tesvav. The Pasuk is discussing, uh, the beginning of the Pasuk is an unfortunate situation where a man seduces a woman, Asher Lo of a Mahu, he did not have Arisin with. But then the end of the Pasuk, which I want to focus on right now, is Mahor Yimharenu Lo Isha. He has to provide for her a marriage contract. Without getting into the details of the exact situation, here we have what seems to be a form of a marriage contract, in other words, a ksuba. Now the ksuba, according to the mechilta, the halachic medrash on this pasuk, you find this as well in the Yerushalmi ksubos, gimel hey. If you use the DAF version, Yud Test Summit Base, we have uh, the Yushami in two different uh, paginations of ways that it's approached. We see that the Ksuba relates to this word Mohar. The word Mohar is related to the root Mem Heresh, the Shoresh, meaning to move quickly. There was a dowry that would be used to speed the marriage process. You look at the Ramban. On this pasuk, actually on the next pasuk of Tezayin in Ma'in Yema'in Avia Lahitalo Kesav Yishkal Kimoar Habisulos. Now, the takeaway from this is first of all, there is a concept of a ksuba on a Doraisa level. Whether it's exactly what's being spelled out here, the pasuk or not, is not the exact point, but that there is for coming into a marriage a financial uh, arrangement. It's not a business arrangement, even though it has some of the same aspects as we pointed out when it comes to Kiddushin. But there was a custom going back to these times of providing a bride, a, bri- a bride, a kala, with a mohar. And uh, look at different commentaries this week when you study Pashas Mishpatim, if you're listening to this in advance, a very beautiful uh, ideas that a beautiful many beautiful ideas that come from this. In fact, if you look at the Masechus Kalarabosai Gimel, Yosef gave his wife Aksuba, and is a Medrash Hagodol on Bereshis Mem Tes Tes as well. There are many sources for this. Uh, many years ago, there was a book published by Rabbi Arya Kaplan. Zechron Levracho passed away at a young age. It's a very good book. I recommend this book to Hassanim and to Kalos. Very technical. Jewish wedding guide. 
And if you look into the section on page 95 with Ksuba, I often reference it back. It's a book in English, but the footnotes are incredible. Uh, you will see a long discussion about Mohar Ksuba going back to our parsha, which is Mishpatim, and again, connecting to our daf. But the reason, way I'm really going to connect this to the daf at the beginning of the shir is this term Mohar, or Maher, as we would say it today, if that is truly the Shoresh of the word, is we want to create incentives for people to be married. This doesn't mean it's a financial incentive, but a recognition that there is a hesitation at times for people to be married. I'm going to show you in the next part exactly how this ties in to our daf with the phenomenal expression that we have in our Gemara. What's also happening here, a little, I think a deeper issue, is we want couples, obviously they have to get to know each other, but we want marriages to take place. And we don't want there to be excuses for them to not take place. You know, for example, the halacha is, and we discussed it sometimes, uh, Tishabov three-week season, that although you're not going to have a marriage during the three weeks, we don't have marriages during parts of uh, the Omer, but engagement is going to always be allowed. We're always concerned, Shema Yechap Maybe someone else will come and take the woman. It could be the other way as, as well. It's reflecting a certain anxiety that we there may be a roadblock to marriage, which is a huge commitment. We just uh, learned about Kriyas Yamsef, and Chazal compare the challenges of a couple to Kriyas Yamsef. So that's the beyond the, the surface level. That's what's happening. The way it ties into the stuff, and that's why I don't think this is much of a stretch, is how about when it comes to the Yavam, to the Shomeris Yavam. Now here it sounds like it's less romantic, and that's why we're going to quickly be transitioning, and we're going to have something coming up in the Gemara that we alluded to earlier in the Masechta, the Abba Shol view, that you're not going to have fully in with a Yavam and then you're going to say, okay, if not fully in, if you're not going to have that romance, that agreement, that consent in, in a full manifest way, then we're going to say we're going to move into chalitza. I wanted to add, if you're interested in looking how Lach Lamasa, so in the Shulchan Aruch Evan Ezer, Samach Vav, that's where you will have some of the details that are based on these psukim in Pashtun spelled out. In a Pasuk, in Perichaf Bey's Pasuk Tezayin, when it discusses Kesef Yishkol Kamoar Hapasulos, this translates Halachalamasa to the 200 Zuzim that we have in Aksuba when a woman is a Psula. talks about in the Pasuk Kamoar Habasulos. If the woman's not a psula, there's a different formulation. We have discussed in other situations uh, before that you don't always have to announce that the woman is not a psula, especially if we're dealing over here with a contractual relationship. So there's not considered to be sheker, a false document. But it's never coincidence when you learn something and the parsha is the parsha that addresses these obligations. So that's what you have again in Pasha Mishpatim. Spend a little time on Pasuk Tesvav and Pasuk Tezayin of Perak Chaf Bet. Now there is another detail of the Ksuba that comes up 
specifically and explicitly in our Gemara, if you look at Rashi, um, based on our Gemara as well as a Rashi later on, in Yuvamas Samakhvav Ahmed Aleph. According to Torah law, the husband has the right to use what we call the Nadunya, that is the dowry in the wedding, in the marriage. He remains responsible to his wife for its full monetary value throughout the marriage. But if the marriage is dissolved, either because uh, of death or through a get, then the woman gets the full value of that dowry. Again, today, a lot of this is contracted around, and it ties back to some of what we discussed relating to inheritance. You have in halacha two terms. I'm just going to mention very briefly over here that are important to keep in mind. When a husband accepts responsibility for all the items as part of the ksuba, they become known as son barzel. Literally means iron sheep. That even if these items are lost, the husband has the full responsibility for them. The other term, when a husband doesn't accept such responsibility of his wife's possessions, that's known as nixay malog, or nixay malug is pluckable possessions. And in this situation, if the property is lost, the loss is the wife's. How this relates, Bizman Hazeh, is uh, how Halacha would look at not only the Ksuba, but at prenuptial agreements. Not just the prenuptial as far as the Ksuba, as the what we call the Halachic prenup, but sometimes uh, families will want parties to sign to prenups uh, through a regular legal service, through lawyers, and how that is allowed. It's not considered to be external to the halacha. It could be integrated into the halachic system as well. So these are things just to be aware of before marriages. Now, it's not a reflection of a lack of commitment, just like the ksuba has technical elements. There are times where, unfortunately, and I've had these experiences, there's so much lawyering that takes place and there's so much insecurity that there seems to be a lack of trust. So if the husband's going to make the wife's side sign away all of these uh, potential earnings, and the opposite goes as true, especially if it's not spelled out until right before a chuppah, we're going to end up with big problems. In further discussion of the incentive and the sensitivity for uh, women to be married, which also I think reflects some of the vulnerability that women could feel if they're not getting support or if they don't have the same way of uh, making money and they're dependent either on the parent or on the spouse. So the Gemara mentioned, uh, we saw this last week, the term of Mishum China, special measures that are sometimes instituted for the sake of enhancing the attractiveness of marriage. You see, a question that I received last week from one of our great participants, originally from Chicago, was, we have Torah law, we have Torah principles. So what are the Chachamim doing with these workarounds? And part of the way I explained it last week, based on Rishonim, I want to reinforce, is Chazal saw the Shalom bias as so central to a home that if you're going to end up with tremendous conflict and there is a mechanism, a workaround, then you will be able to use it. Again, this is very dangerous if you're not operating uh, with the Masorah, and I don't have a Shalom Baum, the ability to change the rules. 
but built into uh, the system, Chazal did have this authority. And the way this relates, again, to uh, way beyond the Ksuba issue and this idea of Mishamchina, it actually ties into our parsha as well with loans. When you have debtors and you have creditors, and there'll be certain times where, let's say we take a case, this was a case that came to the, the Piskei did in Yerushalayim, it's a famous Besden. We have today uh, recordings and documents of all of their records, so I'm happy to make it available to you. And this is found in Yerushalayim, Dine Mamanus Bebur Uri Yuchsen Yudbeis Amud Memches, that you have a Balchov, let's say you have a husband who uh, gets divorced, and he owes a number of people debts. The Ksuba is going to end up winning the day, which means the, the wife will be have the ability to collect before some of the other creditors because of this term, of the, uh, this idea, which is deeper than just the term of Mishum China. And in this psak, the Bezdin said, It's only when it comes to men, to, to women, that we have this concern, Mishum China. Now, I did a little research into this, and I, fa- I came across a fascinating tshuva of Revavadya. It's going to sound totally out of the blue, but Revavadya is discussing a general issue relating to marriage. You have, for example, in the Sephardic community, the, in general, women don't wear shaitals. You have, in certain communities, a man wears a beard. So what happens in a marriage, an engagement in a marriage, where someone wants their wife or to wear a shaitel, or specifically a woman wants to wear a shaitel. A guy doesn't want to wear a beard. The, the, husband, the wife wants to wear a beard. So Ravadya uses this term, Mishamchina, and he says that it actually applies to men and to women. As much as we believe that there's this idea of barsher, but you have to always try to find favor in the eyes of the other person. What Ravadi is doing over here so beautifully is he's applying this concept in Bein Adam Chavero and Bein Adam Ishto. This is in the Abiyah Omer Chelektes, Yerdea Simen Yud. And going back to what we said initially with the Ksuba and with the Mohar, is that built into the system of marriage and to some of the halachas that surround marriage is the awareness that People sometimes have a hard time making com- a commitment, and we want to have incentives. Part of what Aksuba also accomplishes, and you find this in different sources, is a disincentive for forcing a divorce upon someone. The man, especially you know, today when he's restricted to have only one wife, Baruch Hashem, he shouldn't just feel that he could uh, release his wife and then move on the next way. Again, it's reciprocal in many ways, because if you look at the nature of the ksuba, it's much more than just technical. It's a reflection of responsibilities, not just financial responsibilities, but emotional responsibilities as well. Okay, the last part of the shear, I'm just going to point out what we started with uh, last week, and perhaps we will continue, but we don't have so much time for it now. Uh, Last week we spoke about how you could contract out of some of the Torah principles. And we left with the spouse issue, which comes up on our daf relating to uh, 
the Yavama, but I want to go back to the regular Ishus as we've been doing throughout this Masechta. If you look into the Rambam, Hilchos Nachlos, Perak Aleph, Halacha Ches, that's where a lot of this is spelled out. It's important to look at the different commentaries there. And the basic uh, approach is as follows. The husband is the heir to his wife's estate. In fact, he takes precedence over all others. This is before any contracting out, as we discussed last weekend, how it's allowed. The wife, on Torah level, does not inherit her husband's estate. But, as we pointed out, she's entitled to be supportive from the state until she remarries, demands payment of her ksuba, which is something that she's going to generate. So there is also a fascinating machlokas, and it does have some Torah, uh, has some nafkaminas, whether this is all Torah law, whether it's rabbinic law. But we're going to go with the assumption that it, do, it doesn't really matter how lachalamasa. What happens to this situation, Bisman Hazah, especially in light of American law? So if there's no halachic will, then we're probably going to rely on the opinions that we pointed out last week, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky and some others, that if you know the shikal adas, which is the basic assumption of what the husband would have wanted, then even without the formal kenyanim, then the wife's going to end up getting the uh, estate. There's no way in the world in our time we're going to leave a wife totally out of, of the case. But again, all of this is best to be addressed by stating out your wishes as much as possible in a legal document, halachic document as well, which ultimately is integrated together with the legal document, and then everything should stand out uh, very clearly. The Rachmanis is unfortunately in situations where fighting takes place. In most situations in marriage, whether it's the husband who dies first or the wife who dies first, it's just naturally because of the way that the bank accounts are established, that in itself is a shared equity. So we're not even, we don't get to the situation of having to deal with the inheritance. The cases get a little bit trickier if there's a conflict between the spouse and the children. Sometimes in second marriages, things get a little bit more complicated as well. And that's why I encourage families, don't think that if before marriage you're establishing uh, these facts, prenups, postnups, whatever exactly they're called, even early into the marriage, it doesn't mean that there's a lack of commitment between the two. Again, it has to be done with sensitivity, not chas v'sholem as uh, some type of bribe. So there's a lot more to say about it. What's introduced in our Gemara, again, since we're not dealing so much with Yibum Chalitza situations today, so I use this as an opportunity to discuss about marriage in general. We're also not going to have a situation today where you're really going to have the conflict between the Aresin and the Nesuin, where you have to start evaluating these halachos, because as we pointed out earlier in the Masechta, the technical Aresin and Nesuin are happening at the same exact time, or almost simultaneous to each other. A lot to uh, unpack. 
hopefully we've been able to give you a lot to think about in addition to your learning line by line of the DAF.